am not the man. The man is Jesus. <laughs> if you happen to listen to the catalyst stories, just be mindful that that's Dale's perspective. Uh, so, anyway, welcome. Glad you're here. I'm going to start with a question. The question is this: Can you guess the five richest people in the world? The five richest people in the world. Okay? So we're going to go for number five. We're going to start with number five. Any guesses, number five? Bill, who said Bill Gates? Jackson, Bill Gates is right. Bill Gates, $107 billion. Okay? Number four. I doubt if anyone got number four. He's a guy from France. Guy from France. Bernard Arnault, he's number four, $129 billion. Number three, it's a man from India. Gautam Adani, $131 billion. Number two. Oh, you knew his middle name too, Jeffrey Elias Bezos, and that is correct. Number two, Jeff Bezos, $141 billion. Who's the wealthiest person in the world? Mars Man. Mars Man. Okay, yeah. Elon Musk, $241 billion. Okay? Now, now let's take, let's just take, let's take number two. Let's take Jeffrey Elias Bezos, okay? Let's take Jeff Bezos, I guess, of course, he's the founder of Amazon. Now, what if I told, oh, well, actually, I don't think we, so Jeffrey Bezos, $141 billion. Do you know how much $141 billion is? I have no idea. Let's say, let's say you earned or you were given $100 every minute. Every minute, you were given $100. So after this message, you would have $6,000. No, that's not really. Just 3000 Maybe 250 Okay, but you were given $100, $100 every minute until you got $141 billion. You, how long would it take you? You got $100 every minute. How long would it take you? to get $141 billion. It would take you over 2,500 years. 2,500, you got $100 every minute, it'd take you two, that's how rich Jeffrey Bezos is. Now, what if I told you, what if I told you it was reported this past Friday that he all of a sudden, in one day, decided to give half his $141 billion to the poor. One day, he just suddenly decided to give, and he said he would repay four times anyone he had defrauded or his company had put out of business. He would repay them four times the amount. Now, if that... If you heard that, 
That would be huge, right? And it would be surprising and shocking. And I'm sure you would want to know what happened to him. What happened to him that in one day he would decide to give 90% of his wealth away? And what if he was interviewed and he said the reason he decided to do this was he met this man, Joshua Crowley. He met Joshua Crowley. He went to dinner with him. And in that instance of meeting Joshua Crowley, it totally transformed his life. So he gave away 90% of his wealth to the poor and those he had defrauded. Now, if you heard that story, what would you think? You would think, who the heck is Joshua Crowley, right? How could this guy have had such an impact on Jeff Bezos so that he would do that? Well, you know, something similar happened in the Bible. Something similar happened in the Bible, and it was to a man named Zacchaeus. It was a man named Zacchaeus, and he made the decision to give 90% of his wealth away. He had met a man that totally transformed his life in an instant. And it wasn't Joshua Crowley. It was another JC, right? Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus today. All right, so... If you have your Bible, you can turn with me. It's going to be on screen. Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. It's a fascinating story. It's an amazing story. Okay, Luke 19, let me read it for you. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. So he, he wasn't Jeff Bezos rich, but he was probably one of the richest people in his whole region, in his whole county or community. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, okay, notice what he says. He had just met Jesus. I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. 
For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. Amazing story. Incredible story. Here we have Zacchaeus. And in an instant, after meeting Jesus, his life is completely changed and transformed. Now, just who is Zacchaeus? It says he's a chief tax collector. And as you know, may have heard, may have read, tax collectors in Jesus' day were despised. They were hated. Okay? Some people compare to IRS agents. You might not like IRS agents, but he was, not, he was hated and despised for two main reasons. Because tax collectors were seen as traitors. They were partnering. They were aiding and abetting the Roman government who had come and conquered and was taken over and oppressing the Jews, Israelites, right? And so he was partnering with them. So they saw him as a traitor. Also, tax collectors, they would have to collect taxes and give the portion, right, to the government, to the Roman Empire, but they could charge people whatever they wanted. So many tax collectors got wealthy and rich by overcharging people and pocketing the money. And he wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector of the region. And so he was hated, he was despised. In fact, the people called him sinner. He's such a sinner. And that was a term that they would use for criminals, for despicably immoral people, for prostitutes. And tax collectors were lumped with that group and called sinners. So he was basically ostracized from his community, from the people, his people. He was rejected by them. And to top it off, he was height-challenged, okay? He was, high, he was short. It says he was short. You know, I'm sure if you've all experienced this, you know, going to a get-together or a gathering where you don't know people. I know I, sometimes I've been at weddings where I didn't know anyone except a couple, right? And when you're in those settings or, or maybe you're in a place where there's, there's people that you don't really get along with, you don't, you know, you, you kind of feel like some of the people, for some reason, they have something to get you. So you're at this gathering, and it, it's very uncomfortable, right? You, you feel very uncomfortable. You don't feel like you belong, right? And, and that's how Zacchaeus probably was in his community. And then also, he was short. He was short. And so I'm sure he got teased throughout his life. You know, all of us, I'm sure all of us have things about our physical appearance, about our body, which we, we kind of don't like, or we wish we weren't like that, right? I remember growing up, even in high school, right? Uh, I have really skinny legs. And then someone would say, chicken legs, right? They would call me chicken legs. I'm not going to show you my chicken legs, okay? <laughs> but, you know, and so Zacchaeus, right? He, wa he was short, and I'm sure he got teased. But for all his shortcomings, ba -doom -boom, all right, for all his shortcomings, Zacchaeus 
had status. He had money. He had power. He had all the things materially that he can have. And yet, and yet, when he heard the, that Jesus was coming to town, he wanted badly to see Jesus. So badly that he was high challenge, right? So he, can you imagine Zacchaeus, right? Everyone's in front of him. You've been to a parade, right? You're five rows deep. You're crying out of control. And you put your kids on your shoulders so they can see. But you can't, you know, he's trying to jump, trying to see. He can't see. So he says, he's a smart guy. He goes, I'm going to run ahead. I'm going to run ahead. And in that culture, for, for older men to run, that was considered like undignified beneath them. They, they stroll or they strut. They don't run. He ran ahead and he climbs up into this tree so he could get a peek of Jesus. That's how much he wanted to see him. He was like just desperate to see Jesus. Now, it kind of reminded me of my niece. Right? My niece is in her early 20s and I remember BTS did a concert in Southern California, <laughs> right? And she wanted to see this K-pop group so badly. And so she got tickets, she came down, her and her friends went, and she got, it was a mess. I think she's actually off BTS now. There's a new K-pop group. I don't know the name of it, but she, she just wanted, maybe, maybe there's a, like a, a movie star or a, a sports figure, or a celebrity that, that you really, you know, like, oh my gosh. Or if you saw them somewhere, you were out in public, you saw them, oh, that's, that's so-and-so. That was Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus. So he runs ahead, he climbs up into the tree, right? Let's look at, let me read verse 4 again. So he ran ahead, climbed up the sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Right? He climbs up to you. Go to look. And then verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looks up at Zacchaeus. Jesus notices him. And it says, and he called him by name. He knew who he was. He says, Zacchaeus, quickly, quickly, come down. Come down, Zacchaeus. He says, I must be a guest in your home. And so, Jesus knew Zacchaeus. He saw Zacchaeus. Do you know what the name Zacchaeus means? Zacchaeus means pure. Pure. And Jesus, when he looked at Zacchaeus, he didn't look at sinner, tax collector, swindler, well, short. He saw into Zacchaeus' heart. And he saw Zacchaeus, God has created and called you to be something special, to be someone special, to be pure, as your name says. You know when Jesus looks at you, he knows your name. Jesus knows you by name. 
Jesus wants to come into your life and change and transform your life for the better. He sees you for who you really are and who you were created to be. When the eyes of Jesus look at you, he looks right into your heart and he knows who you were meant to be, who God made you to be. And that's what he wants you to become in him. And so Jesus sees Zacchaeus and says, I have to come to your house. So Jesus, so Zacchaeus scampers down from the tree and he's walking with Jesus as says he's excited and full of joy. And then he turns to Jesus. He had just met Jesus. He had this little interaction with Jesus. And then he turns to Jesus and says, verse 8, which we read, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will pay them back four times what I had cheated them. So this is the, my big question here today. This is the big question of this passage. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus and what did Jesus carry? What did Jesus bring into every situation so that it radically changed the whole environment, the people, the situation? It radically changed. Who was Jesus that he carried something? He carried something so remarkable that Zacchaeus, in an instant after meeting him, was completely transformed such that he gave half his money to the poor and repaid people that he had cheated. What happened to Zacchaeus between the time he had met Jesus when he was in the tree to the time they short distance they were walking to their house what happened to him how did jesus impact him what did he see and receive in jesus such that it completely transformed his life that he decided to give away and how could jesus by inviting one dude to dinner completely transform that that whole community because can you imagine Here's Zacchaeus. He gives 90% of his wealth to the community. So in one instance, because Jesus asked this guy Zacchaeus to dinner, the whole community is changed and transformed. What is going on? Who is Jesus? What does he carry so that it could impact someone so radically in such a short period of time? The truth, Jesus is amazing. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is in. Incredible. Do you know 
all of heaven, the whole heavenly realm, the goodness of God, all the angels, all the created beings, everything in heaven is attracted to Jesus, is drawn to Jesus. It's just so giddy and excited. It's, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. Oh my God, it's God. And all of heaven is attracted to him. You know the kicker in all this? Jesus came to make you just like him. Jesus came so that you could be just like him. You know, I heard this real recently from Graham Cook. He says, you know the biggest problem we have? You know the biggest, number one by far, the problem that people have? We don't realize how awesome we are. Because if you have received Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in him, if you have invited him into your life, Jesus is in you. You know what that means? All of heaven is attracted to you. All the angels, all the created beings, all the things of the heavenly realm, attracted to you because you carry Jesus in you and he is transforming you into his very likeness. There's two things required I believe there's two things required, two principles from this passage to facilitate Jesus transforming us to be like him. Number one, your heart has to be open to him. Your heart has to be open to him. There was a lot of people here on earth in Jerusalem, in Israel, when Jesus was walking the earth. There were some like Zacchaeus whose heart was open to Jesus. And because their heart was open to him, meeting Jesus completely transformed his life for the better. But there were other people. There were religious leaders. There were Pharisees. There's other people whose heart were closed to Jesus. They couldn't recognize him for who he was. They wanted their own religion rather than a relationship with him. You know, there's people like that today. People that profess to be Christians whose hearts are 
very close, really, to Jesus. Here's some questions I have for you to ask yourself. Number one, do you like Jesus? Do you, do you like him? Do you like who he is, what he's like, his personality, what he's about? Maybe for some of you, you go, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I really even know him that way. Or, or what about this? Do you want to be close to him? If Jesus came into this room physically, would you like, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. And would you go, I want to be close to him. And would you go, or would you like, kind of like, ooh, that's Jesus? Do you think he always has your best interest at heart? Do you think he's always for you? Always. Always for your good? Always does things for your best? Do you want to be more and more like him? What if I said, you know what? If you, you could come up here and God could touch you, so you could be completely like Jesus right now. That's, bless you, Jackson. Unless we become like children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Right? I'm sure some of us would think, I don't know. Does that mean then I can't do, do this thing here? Does that mean I have to change my work? Does that, I don't know if I... And then, do you, do, do you want him around with you 24-7? Now, the reality is, if you're a Christian, he is with you 24-7. But how you respond to that kind of gives us an idea of our mindset, right? He's with us 24-7, but we don't want to think that he's with us 24-7, because there's sometimes I don't want him around. These kind of questions reveal really where our heart's at. And if you want to be transformed to be who God made you to be, the awesomeness, living who you are, the person who all of heaven is attracted to you, the first is have to have, to, have, to have an open heart to Jesus. The second is, the closer you walk with Jesus, the more you'll be transformed for the better. The closer you walk to Jesus, the more you'll be transformed for the better. Now, with Jesus, I kind of came up with these, these three levels of closeness, okay? Three levels of closeness. Number level one, follow him. I commit to following him. And so this level is just a very basic level. It's like, okay, you heard about Jesus. Oh, you think he's pretty cool. Yeah, he, he's giving you salvation. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to, I want to follow him, right? And so that's like the WWJD back in the day, right? right the young kids are like, well, WWJD, what is that, right? It's what would Jesus do, right? This is the following him, like, okay, I want to just copy Jesus. I want to imitate him. 
what I see him telling me, what I see him in his Bible, I want to try to follow that. But that's a very elementary, that's good, but that's a very elementary low level of closeness to Jesus because you don't even have to know him that well. You just, oh, he did this? Okay, I'm going to try to do that. And, and that kind of gets old after a while. A lot of Christians think that's the Christian life. Just follow Jesus. Just try to copy and imitate what he does. But that's very low, right? You could, you could try to copy someone and imitate them without ever having met them, right? You could read their books. You could watch their YouTube videos. You could try to copy and do, oh, they do this in their life. I'm going to try to do that too. You could do that without even really knowing this. That's a very low level. And sadly, many Christians think that's the Christian life. But there's another level, another level of closeness. It's he is with me. Because that takes it to the next level where it's, it's a relationship. He's, he's with me. I'm with him. And the biggest, I think the biggest factor, the biggest part of this that he is with me is you interact with him. You talk with him. That's called prayer. But you could just talk to him anytime during the day because he's with you. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? But you know he talks to you too. And you could hear him talking back to you. It, you. You cannot get close if it's just a one-sided relationship. This, this right here, and you know, I'm going to tell you folks, I'm going to keep pounding on this and pounding on it because I know this will transform and change your life. When you start hearing, receiving the voice of Jesus speaking to you, giving you direction, telling you how he feels about you, giving you guidance, revealing things to you. When it becomes two-way, your relationship takes off. Takes off. A couple weeks ago, I gave an exercise. I said, here, I'm giving you a challenge. Every day for 30 days, go home, take a notebook, and ask Jesus a question. Jesus, how do you see me? That's it. How many of you have done that? No one? We got work to do. Until I see at least over half the hand saying, I'm doing that. I'm going to keep talking about it because I know that's the key to your spiritual life is developing that two-way relationship with the Lord. And then number three, this is the next level, not just he with me, but Jesus is in me. When you start living the life of having, knowing Jesus is in you, you know, if you're a believer, you know there's two people in you. It's not just you. In your body, in you, there is two people. There's you and there's Jesus. He's in there too. 
And when you start realizing and living from that place of knowing he's with you, it's like you're married with him. Except more than that, because in your, with your spouse, you could take a break from them, right? Or you could spend, go separate ways, or you don't have to be in the same room. Jesus is always there. And he wants you to know how to live together with him. So your heart is in sync together. So the way you think becomes the same. The way you talk becomes the same. The way you see things becomes the same. That's the closeness that Jesus desires. Okay, let me just give you a quick picture. And I'm going to start wrapping up. Quick, quick picture here. The left side, it says at the top, think Christianity. A lot of people think Christianity is like the left side. I give to God. I worship God. I pray to God. I give my offering. And then if I do that, then maybe I'm going to get something back from him. People think that is Christianity. But you know what that is? That's really religion. The right side, that's true Christianity. It's that God gives to us. God pours into us. God overwhelmingly supplies to us. And we recognize it. And we receive it. And we take it in. And we understand that we're awesome because he is in us. And he loves us. We are amazing. We have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, as Ephesians 1, chapter 1 says. We are holy. We, it's this way, this way, this way. And then out of that fullness, we give back to him. That's Christianity. That's really relationship and how God designed it. Now, let me just close. And let me, let me just say this. I have to say this real quick. You know, sometimes people say, we hear this, we need more practical messages, right? We need practical tools, and that's true. We need to know, you know, how to, how to we I need help in my marriage. I need help as a parent. I need help making decisions. I need help with my job. I need help with my finances. That's true. We do. But let me tell you, the biggest thing you can do to help every area of your life is establish right side relationship with God. It's this. You receive and receive and recognize and take in everything that God wants to pour into your life. And when you start hearing God speak to you, you could, Jesus speak, you could just ask him, Jesus, how can I improve my marriage? What's going on? And he could tell you, he will tell you, hey, you need to do this. Or, you need to receive more of my love because you're out, tapped out and you don't have anything for your spouse. Or, you know, you maybe need to go to counseling because there's things you need to uncover about who you are and that you're bringing into your marriage. Maybe it's with your finances. I'm struggling with my finances. 
yes, you need finance. You can go to finance seminars. You know, that all helps. But if you have that relationship with Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my finances? How can I improve my finances? And he could tell you. Maybe you need to change your job and get a better job. Maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to stop spending your money this way. He could tell you. And that'll help you more than anything else. Let me just give you three applications real quick. Number one, if you haven't done so, or even if you have, watch the Chosen series. What I'm, I'm very sold on the Chosen because I think the way they portrayed Jesus in that series, in my heart and spirit, for as long as I've walked with and know Jesus, when I see it, see him portrayed on the screen, I go, yes, that's Jesus. And I believe the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is using that series, not so that when you're watching it, you're just seeing a character, an actor on the screen, but the Holy Spirit is causing people to encounter Jesus himself as they're watching that series. I've encountered Jesus many, many, many times by watching that series. And I just start crying, watching, like, oh, my gosh. Jesus, you're awesome. Jesus, you're so amazing. And it makes me want to love, know, invite Jesus more and more. Watch the Chosen series. Number two, read the Gospels. Read the Gospels. Read and especially pay attention to when Jesus speaks. Because when he speaks in the Bible, in the red letters, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Or listen to worship. You know a song that I've been listening to a lot lately? is the song Sparrows. Because, I don't know if you know this, the world is, especially within the last ones, it's tense. It's tense. I mean, if you're watching the news, you know they're talking about we're on the brink of war. World War III. With the whole thing, with the pipeline and Russia and and I believe the tension that you feel in the world, it's a reflection of the spiritual warfare that is taking place today. In the, spirit, in the spirit realm, there is a war that's raging now. It is raging. And in the physical world, with the things that happen in the spiritual world, in, in the in the spiritual world in the physical world we feel the effects and so there's some of you that have are feeling very anxious and very tense and you don't know why you've just been i i I'm just i just feel kind of anxious i feel i feel on edge i feel tense i think in part it's because of the atmosphere in the world today and so for me one thing I, w- I'm doing, I was listening to that song, Sparrows. It's based on Matthew 6, right? The sparrows not worry about tomorrow or the troubles that come, right? The lily's not worried about the seasons or the storms or the flood, right? The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I be? Why? Because he takes good care of me. He takes good care of me. 
And I've been listening to that song because it's reminding me of who Jesus is and his heart for me. And finally, this last one. I'm going to call the worship. I'm not, I'm not, because of time, I don't think we're going to do it. I'm going to call the worship team forward. Here's your next second chance to do this exercise. All right, 30 days. You know this, it could, it, it, you could just do it in five, you could just, you could just do it when you're doing your business in the bathroom, okay? I give you permission to do it in the bathroom, okay? While you're just there, don't bring your phone to the bathroom, don't really have magazines, just sit there at least five minutes, right? Just sitting there, ask God this, how do you see me? How do you feel about me? What do you think about me? Every day, ask you, when you're on a drive, and whatever comes to your mind, whatever you think God is speaking to you or saying, write it down somewhere. Write it on your phone. Write it in a notebook. Write it down. And just start tracking it. And then ask someone that you respect, that you respect, that hears the Lord, that knows the Bible, say, hey, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord. Does this seem right to you? 30-day challenge. Change your life. It changed the key. Jesus changed the keys. He could change your life completely for the better. Let's pray. Jesus, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see you for who you are. Return us to our first love. Return us and remind us of the day of our salvation. Help us to see you in all your goodness, all your love, all your awesomeness, your incredible, such that all of heaven is attracted to you, Jesus. And you are not only for us, you are not only with us, but you are in us, Jesus. Open our eyes, open our hearts, stir in us a, a compelling desire to be in close, two-way communication, interaction, relationship with you. And as we worship, Lord, Holy Spirit, as we worship Jesus, would you come and meet each and every person? Thank you. You see them. You know them by name. You see their hearts. And you see who they are and who they're meant to be. Jesus, would you minister to that and affirm and encourage and lift each one up in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.